Thanks for joining us here today at Victory Church, where we invite people to belong before they believe. If you want to know more about who we are, what we do, or if any of our messages have impacted your life and you want to partner with us by giving into this ministry, we invite you to visit our website at victory.church. Now, let's check out this week's message from our Edmond Campus pastor, Wade Smith. Well, how are we doing this morning, Victory Church? Can you help me in welcoming our Edmond Campus? We love you, Edmond. We're so thankful. I miss you today. I'm so thankful that we could still be with you today. And can we can we thank the Eben campus? Can we welcome them real quick? I love that through technology I can still be with you today. And today's gonna be a good day. You ready for today? Let me ask you again, are you ready for the word today? I'm excited to bring the word today, but before we do, I want to do something real quick. Uh, this morning, I feel like, you know, every Sunday can have a different anointing to it. And I felt like today, um, one of the anointings I believe that, that is carried today is that God wants to bring peace. How many of us would say we need some peace? I think our world needs peace, and our world won't receive peace until we, the body of Christ, receive peace, and we take peace into the world. And so in Edmond, online, right here in OKC, what I want to do is I want us to prepare us to receive peace today. So I want you to just, if you would, for just a second, I want you to just kind of put your, your hands out in a posture of receiving. Because I believe God wants to bring peace. And, and what's great about God's Word, I love, I love God's Word. You love God's Word? I love His Word. And in His Word it says this, it says that you could have the peace, the, the Bible says, here's how it defines it that passes all understanding. You know what that means? You don't have to understand why you have peace. You can have difficult situations and still have peace. You can walk through fire and still have peace. You can walk through pain and still experience peace. I don't know about you, but today I want peace. So I want us to put our hands out in a posture of receiving today, and I want us to receive peace. I believe God's going to give you peace today. So I want to quiet our souls. I want us to take just a moment, and I want us to quiet ourselves, and just I want you just to receive while just the piano's playing, just, just you and God. Listen, you're not receiving peace from me. You're receiving peace from the Holy Spirit. Can you just receive his peace for just a moment? Father, we are so thankful for your peace. I feel your peace. And God, I pray that, that those of us that need peace today, God, I pray that you would bring peace by your Holy Spirit. It's a fruit of the Spirit. It's something that we can have. Despite our circumstances, despite our situations, despite what's in front of us, we have peace because you give us peace. So God, I pray for the peace right now in Edmond. Pray to peace to just fall in the auditorium of Edmond and Oklahoma City. And for those of us watching online, I pray that peace would fall and rest on the rooms that we're watching from, God. I pray your peace. Thank you for your peace. And I pray for people making decisions, God, for peace to be the thing that guides them. Your peace to go before them. What I want to do is I want us to, to look at Psalm 1. And 
Pastor John started us kind of on a mini season two weeks ago, if you remember, on the, the message about being a farmer. Do you remember that message? Such a good message. Can we honor our lead pastor, Pastor John? We love John and Michelle, and they are, it is such a privilege to be able to serve under his leadership, and, and honestly, it's very rare that you get to serve in ministry with some of your best friends, but Pastor Oscar and Pastor John are a couple of my best friends. Can we honor both of them again? We love them, and just an honor to serve with them. And so, I kind of want to continue this idea of the farmer, and, and you'll see this in Psalm 1, it talks about planting. Look, let's, let's read the entire Psalm, okay? Now it's only six verses, so I'm not going to have you standing too much longer. Psalm 1, 1 through 6 says, Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way of the sinners take or sit in the company of mockers. It says this, But whose delight is in the law of the Lord. You can replace that with word, the word of God. Whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his law day and night. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water which yields its fruit in season and who whose leaf does not wither whatever they do prosper say prosper I want to prosper do you want to prosper I want to prosper whatever they do prospers they it says not so the wicked they are like a chaff that the wind blows away therefore the wicked will not stand in the judgment nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous, for the Lord watch over the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked leads to destruction. The title of the message today is, It Matters Where You're Planted. By streams of water, it matters where you're planted. Are you ready for the word today? Edmund, are you ready for the word today? Father, we lift you up and we thank you for the word today. Let it do do work in our hearts today, Father. We want to be different. We don't want to be the same as we were yesterday. We want to be different, and we want to prosper in the ways that you want us to prosper through your word. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. If you're brave, go ahead and slap an air high five as you grab a seat. Those of you, I see some really brave people. I see some really brave people actually slapping real fives. You guys are, mm, you rebels. You guys are dangerous, dangerous people. Well, those of you online today, we're so thankful that you're here with us today, and we are so honored that you could, you could be with us, and I hope the Word really speaks to you today. Today, I want to focus in on verses 1 through 3, and I want to read those to you again. It says, Psalm 1, 1 through 3, it says, Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way the sinners take or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord, and who meditates, say meditate, who meditates on his, on his law day and night. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season, and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do prospers. The first thought today that I want to talk to you about is this, and that's in the seed, there is possibility. In the seed, there is possibility. How many, how many are like me, you like mowing your lawn. Anybody like me, you love mowing your lawn? There's only a few of us weird people. I love mowing a lawn, and um, I'm not necessarily, I wouldn't say I'm really good at uh, landscaping, though. Is there any landscapers out there, like you're really good with flowers and plants? I'm really good at killing them. 
I'm good. Anybody like me, you can kill a plant really quick. Absolutely. We're gifted and anointed at that. But I, I love this idea. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm a kind of a, a lawn person. Um, and uh, I like to have stripes on my lawn. Anybody like stripes in your lawn? Come on. Glory to God. I love a good stripe. I've got two neighbors that make me look really good because their lawns are not taken well care of. So I just think that's just a blessing from God. I get to, I get to shine my light brighter. And so I love, I love having a nice lawn. But before there was ever a lawn, there was a seed. And in that seed had possibility. Whether I nurtured that seed, whether I, you know, took care of that seed, there's seed. In the seed, there's possibility. In fact, it says this in Scripture. Check this out. I'm in Matthew 17, it says in, in, in 1720, it says, He replied, because you have so little faith, truly I tell you, if you have the faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. A mustard seed. See, the faith of a mustard seed, a little seed. Now, I've got a bag of mustard seeds. Can you see how small those seeds are? They, even if they zoom in, they are tiny little seeds. You know what's crazy about a mustard seed is it grows up to be one of the largest of the trees, of the plants. A mustard seed. I've got one in my, in my finger. If they zoom in, you probably still couldn't see it. It's that tiny. A mustard seed. There is potential in this seed. In fact, it says this, if you have the faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain to move from here to there and it will move. See, there's possibility in the seed. And we learned a couple, couple weeks ago from Pastor John that, that what is the seed? Well, the seed is the Word of God. It was the parable of the sower, and it said the seed is the Word. He talked about scattering it and planting it and, that the seed, the word, has possibility. How many of you know that the word, the, the word of God has possibility? Amen. See, when it says that because you have so little faith, truly I tell you, if you have the faith of a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain to move from here to there and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. See, the truth is, is that faith is the word activated. See, faith is, is action to the word of God. The possibility isn't in you and I to move the mountain. The possibility is in the Word of God to move the mountain. So a lot of times we put this pressure on ourselves. Oh, I don't know if I have enough faith. Oh, I don't know if I can do it. You don't put faith in yourself. You put faith in the Word of God. You put faith in the seed because in the seed there is possibility. Do you understand what I'm saying? See, it's more than just reading the Word, it's to meditate on the Word. See, we have to plant the seed. The seed has to be planted. For a seed to grow, for a seed to take root, a seed has to be planted. In fact, I, I, I remember when I was a kid, I was uh, in high school, and I played soccer, and I remember going to, we were, we'd go to a lot of different, you know, we'd take a bus, and uh, we'd take a school bus, and we'd go to, the, you know, the, the next game, and we're in this bus, and I remember um, at this time, I wasn't really necessarily, I wasn't going to church. My family didn't, I didn't grow up in church, but I grew up in a, a, a home that my dad talked about God a lot, and so I, under, I had this passion, this love for God from a young age, even though I didn't grow up in church. Um, and so anyways, I remember I was on the on the bus, and, and there was this really smart guy. Anybody know anybody like that, like the, the smart people? Anybody like that? You're the smart person in your group? We, we're jealous of you. 
We don't like you very much, actually. And, uh, and so, actually, I really liked smart people when I got to college because those are the people I sat next to, you know, people I got the notes from. So I, I gained this appreciation for the smart person. But this guy was in the, in the seat behind me. And I remember looking back, and I, I had my Walkman. You remember, remember the Walkman? You had your cassette players, and you had your CD player. I had a new CD player. I mean, it was like this big. You had to stretch. If, if you're under 30, your parents can tell you about that. But I had my music going. I remember looking back, the seat behind me, and the guy was reading his Bible. And I, it was a smart guy, and I thought, oh, that's so cool. So I, I started to ask him about I'm like, you're a Christian. I started asking questions. I'm, I said, you're a Christian? He's like, no, I'm not. I was like, What? you're reading the Bible. And he told me, he said, listen, he said, uh, no, I just, I'm, I like to read. He said, the, the Bible is one of the greatest novels ever written. It's a great love story, but it's not real. I got mad. I got angry and I started to argue. I didn't even know the word very well, but I just started to argue the word with him. And I, start, I was so angry. I played really good soccer that day because I was mad. I thought, I thought to myself, how in the world could someone read the Word and the Word not take root? See, it's more than just reading the Word. To plant the Word is to meditate on the Word. It's to meditate. In fact, it says in Psalm 1-2, it says, whose delight is in the law of the Lord, who meditates on his law day and night. I love the way the Passion Translation says it. It says his passion is to remain true to the word of, of I am, meditating day and night on the true revelation of light. Revelation comes after meditation. Amen. This word meditation is, is the word haga. Say haga. No, you got to do it for real. You got to say, Haga. That's what I'm talking. Sound like you're hawking a loogie. Here's what it means it means to ponder. It seems to murmur, to ponder, imagine, meditate, mourn. Listen to this mutter, speak, study, talk, roar. I think sometimes we just need to roar the Word of God. To meditate on the Word. Day and night means to have it on your mind, but more than just have it on your mind, to begin to speak the word. See, the word is defined in Scripture, in Ephesians, as the sword. In fact, there's places in Scripture where it says it's a double-edged sword separating very bone from marrow, flesh from spirit. Did you know the word of God is active? Do you know the word of God has potential? To meditate on the Word means to take your situations and begin to align those situations with the Word. In fact, last uh, couple weeks ago in Edmond, um, I got up during worship like I, like I normally do, and, and, um, and I started to say some things. And sometimes this will happen where the Holy Spirit will just give me a Word. And so it's, it didn't happen all the time, but it, it happened in this moment. I was, I was looking out, and the people I was telling, I was sharing a quick Word, and I looked over and I saw someone. And she's going through chemotherapy right now to defeat cancer. And I remember looking at her, and I remember in that moment before I even knew what I was saying, I said, this will not, I said, this story will end in a testimony. 
And I, the, the, the tears began to just fall on her face. And, and it was like, she, here's what's happening. She's align, in that moment, she's aligning her thoughts with God's thoughts. And there are things that you need to align your thoughts with God's thoughts. See, we align our hopeless situation with a hopeful God and his hopeful word. Our hopeless situation. Anybody have some hopeless situations? I'm just telling you, we serve a hopeful God. But the hope is not in us. The hope is in the seed. The anointing is on the word. So what you do is whenever you begin to speak to that issue, begin to speak to that mountain, begin to speak to those things, what you're doing is you're speaking the word of God and you're, you're, that's anointed to cause change. The word of God has power. And what we have to do is we have to align ourselves with it. So my, my question is, is, I would ask you is, what are you planting because there's a lot of different things we can plant. Right now in 2020, we almost said 2020 because it still feels like 2020, doesn't it? Over 2020 and 2021, there's been a lot of different things we can plant. I mean, there's, if you just read your social media feed, there's a lot of fear that can be planted, right? How many of us get on the news station and watch the news and there's just fear all over the, the news station? I remember in the very beginning of, of COVID, I was listening to a pastor a pastor and he said he said we have to stop reading the news and checking the word we need to start checking the news and reading the word because here's the thing listen listen what you plant it will take root what you plant will take root and if you're planting fear you're gonna have anxiety you're gonna have worry if you're planting discontentment, you listen, you're going to have, you're going to, you're going to reap that which you're sowing. That's what the Bible says. Reap what you sow. We forget that it's as common as the little things that we're sowing. Where are we sowing? Are we sowing anxiety? Are we sowing fear? Are we sowing discontentment? Are we sowing, sowing anger? Or are we sowing God's word? Because when we plant God's word, it has power to bring change. But the problem is sometimes we reason our way out of the word, don't we? You ever been there? Like, the word doesn't align with what the world is saying right now. And so we reason it. I mean, there's things that I've struggled with personally that I see. When I, when I see a young child die of cancer, I don't understand it. And we see something as tragic as that. And we, we begin to say, well, then God's word can't be true. Listen, we don't understand the big picture. We don't understand. But what we have to do is have to remain our faith in the word of God. Despite what our circumstances say. Despite how bleak your situation may be. Despite what that may look like. I'm just telling you, I did a, I did a, a funeral for a young girl that died of cancer. Now listen, I didn't even say this in the first service. But this is something that I had wrestled with. Prior to this happening, and I remember the family reaching out to me to be the one to do the funeral. Do you know how I, must, how, how I felt in that moment? That funeral was, there were more people that gave their life to Christ in that funeral than, than I can count. That little girl's story led to people 
committing their life to Jesus. Listen, yeah, we can celebrate that. We don't understand the big picture. We don't understand the hopelessness, but there is a hopeful word. And if, listen, if we'll put our trust in the word of God, it can move mountains. And your situation can be changed when you anoint, when you, when you allow yourself to align yourself with the word of God. Because the seed has potential. The second thought is this, in the soil. So in the seed, there's possibility. In the soil, there is a process. Say a process. Look at the person next to you say process. Now look at the next person that you didn't say it to and apologize for dissing them. <laughs> say, I'm so sorry. I can't believe I didn't look at you. I'm a terrible person. In the soil, there is a process. Now, I don't know about you, but I like the words prosper. How many of us like prosper? How many of us like the word process? <sighs> Too many Christians want to prosper without the process. We want God to bring the promise, but we have to remember that there is still a process to the promise. And if you want to, if you, listen, if you want the promise and you want the great things of God, you have to commit yourself to the process. To allow the process to do its work, it's in the soil where the roots start to go deep. It's in the soil where God sometimes does his very best work. See, for the, for the tree to take root, there's got to be the right conditions in the soil. And for us to plant the seed, we have to, plant, we have to cultivate the heart because the, the word goes from, like my friend... The word stayed here. It didn't move here. God wants the word to go from our head to our heart. But for it to go to our heart, there's got to be some cultivation of the soil. In fact, I've got a picture when I was in Israel of an olive tree. Check out that tree. Isn't that awesome? That is, um, I've been told that is the oldest tree in Israel. Oldest olive tree. In fact, that's in the Garden of Gethsemane. And it's likely that Jesus either walked by that tree or could have sat under that tree. That's a huge tree. You go ahead and take that picture down. And when I was in Israel, I was, beginning, I was thinking to myself, like, that tree, that tree wouldn't survive in Oklahoma. But that tree has survived these many years because, listen, the condition was right. The environment was right. See, we have to understand that the environment matters. The environment matters to the seed. For the seed to begin to pro pro prosper, it's got to have the right conditions to it. It's got to have the right moisture. It has to have the right temperature. It has to have the, the, the right amount of sun. Some seeds better in shade. Some seeds better in the heat. Do you understand what I'm saying? That God is looking for us to cultivate our hearts so that the seed can take root, so the seed can actually do something. But the, the process oftentimes is painful. I remember when I first committed my life to Christ, you know, the seed, the seed does its best work when, you're, when, when, when it's dark, under the soil, before you can even see anything take root. And I remember being a, a young, you know, 
college student, giving my life to Christ. And I remember being in my apartment by myself many nights, most nights by myself. Sometimes I had one other friend join me. But I would turn my lights off in my apartment because I didn't want my friends to know that I was there. And I I parked at a different apartment complex because I didn't want them to, to knock on the door and drag me out to do something that I shouldn't be doing. Some of you are snickering because you know what I'm talking about. And I didn't want the temptation of, of them just sitting there. And they did. There was times they just banged on my door. But for around six months, I just sat in a dark room with just enough worship music that they wouldn't be able to hear. And I sat there and I read my Bible. What was taking place was the, the cultivation of my heart. Meditating on the word, planting it deep in my heart, allowing it to work. And I remember about six months was ending and I didn't know what to do. And, and so I went, to the, I went to a pastor and uh, the pastor of the service, he spoke a great message. And I was, I was sitting there and I was like, I need to talk to him. I don't know what, it, I don't know what to do or how to move forward. I'm kind, of, I'm kind of just doing this by myself. But I'm just telling you, when you're by yourself, you feel like giving up. And maybe, maybe you've been secluded for a season for growth, but there's got to be a point to when you move to community. And I remember sitting, sitting there, and I, I went and asked the pastor. I said, um, I, said what, I told him my situation. I said, what should I do? And here's what he told me. It was the worst advice I've ever heard. He said, come five minutes early, stay five minutes late. And I thought to myself, what are you talking about? Now, what I, what I realized is doing life by myself and on my own wasn't working. So I might as well commit myself to the process. See, oftentimes we quit before a sprout even takes place. The the seed is taking root, the word is taking root, and we just dig it up, or we just give up on it, and we walk right back to what we did before. We have to commit ourselves to the process. So, So I did, what did I do? I showed up five minutes early, I stayed five minutes late. You know what happened? Nothing. And I went home and read my Bible by myself. I showed up the next week, five minutes early. Stayed five minutes late. You know what happened? Nothing. It was awesome. Great advice, Pastor. But I stuck with it. I showed up five minutes early. You know what happened? You know what started to happen? We're creatures of habit. Anybody got your spot, like your seat? If someone sits in your seat, you'll cut them. <laughs> I know it. I've got people in Edmond. If I know exactly where they see, sit, I see them every time. I know right where you're sitting right now, Joan. You got your spot. And so I sat in my same spot every time. And guess what? The same people around me sat in the same spot. And I'd show up five minutes early, and I, I didn't have anything to do. If you know me, I like to talk, so I started to talk. They, didn't, they did a lot of listening. I did a lot of talking. And I started to form some relationships. And then all of a sudden, I stayed five minutes late, and, and I was just the first couple weeks, I just kind of stood there, just kind of twiddling my thumbs. What do I do? I just stood in my seat. You know I, what I noticed? I noticed people were serving, and they were doing things. And so what I do, I... I Hey, can I help you carry that? Hey, you're taking the buckets over there? I can, I can do that. Oh, there's a spill? Give me a mop. I'd love to, I'd love to, to do that. I, and I wasn't even plugged into the serving team. I just saw needs. Here's what was happening. 
the pastor knew if you just come five minutes, he didn't want to overwhelm me with this big plan. He just said, come five minutes early, stay five minutes late. And what he was doing is he was, he was allowing, he was helping me plant myself in the local church. Planting myself in the local church. Listen, you are not called to do this life on your own, by yourself. And if you are online because of COVID or whatever it may be, or you're just not in this vicinity, listen, you're a part of our church. Reach out. Type in the chat. Don't, don't leave without getting prayed for. Talk to someone. Say hi to them. Edmund, stay around five minutes late. OKC, stay around. Meet some people. Get plugged in. I'm telling you, community will change. The Word of God changes you. Community will help you carry forward in the Word. It'll keep you going when you don't feel like going anymore. I love it. Every single week, I see, some, I see a connection happening in the Eben lobby, and someone's encouraging someone. During the, the, the rally in the morning with the Dream Team, we always say, God, give us divine appointments. That there's going to be someone that walks in the door that needs the Word that you have. That happens in community with other people. And what the enemy has tried to do is he's tried to replace consumption with community. In 2020, there was this move to we all had to go online. So every church got a lot better at doing online church. And every Christian got a lot better at sitting at home watching online. Now, I'm not trying to be condemnation for you, for you sitting right there. But what I am saying is this. We can't allow consumption to replace community. And for some of us, we need to find community because you feel like giving up your seed. Listen, the Word of God is doing its work. You just don't see it yet. you got to commit yourself to the process. Keep committing. Keep growing. Keep allowing your roots to go deep. Keep getting around people. Allow that to begin to take root. See, the churches went from being a help in my life to be in a home. And I think about my home, I think about serving. And you know, my, in my house, um, it's, not a, it's not a home unless you're serving in our house. So everybody does their, their stuff differently with their kids and for us. Um, and I'm not, listen, I'm not trying to tell you how to parent your kids. Like I think you guys probably have systems that I need, so please tell me. But our system is we don't, pay for certain, most chores and we don't give stars for them because being a part of our house is just being a part of our house the, the toilet's dirty you clean it my third child named Gavin he's gotten super passionate about cleaning toilets <laughs> glory to God he's like dad can I clean your toilet that's weird but yes you can you absolutely can clean my toilet my, my oldest son, I've been walking him through, teaching him how to mow the lawn. There's times I'm like, oh, it could be, I just need to do that. What are we teaching them? We're teaching them to be a part of the house. The same, it's the same as true here. Listen, get a part of the dream team or just find some needs. Show up five minutes early, stay five minutes late. I'm sure Joey could help clean some spills out in the lobby here at OKC. Get plugged in. It's more, listen. It's not about what you're doing for Victory Church. It's what God can do in you when you serve. It's about linking arms with other people because, listen, the greatest community, I love our community groups, 
And I love the, 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 the being able to serve because, listen, in serving, you get to know the people. You know what happens all the time? People notice when you're gone. And a couple weeks goes by, and we'll have someone at Nebin reach out to someone. like I, And I didn't even notice. I didn't notice. I wasn't able to notice they were gone, but someone that they served with did. And they're able to reach out with them. we got to have community because there's, a, there's potential in the seed. There's a possibility in the seed, and there's a process in the soil. Allow the soil to do its work. Thought three, in the produce, there is a purpose. In the produce, there's a purpose. Psalm 1 through 3, let's look at it again. Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way of sinners or take or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law and who meditates on his, on his law day and night. That person is like a tree planted by the water which yields its fruit in season and who does not whose leaf does not wither and whatever they do prospers which yields fruit do you know there's a time to plant there's a time to grow and there's a time to yield the whole purpose of a seed is to produce a, a product a produce that's going to have more seed in it it's the whole purpose of a seed is to regenerate, to, to, to bring more life. In fact, I, when I was in Israel, um, we were, there's pomegranates everywhere. And so I got a picture of a pomegranate for you. It's amazing. This, isn't that pretty? Those are all seeds. There's 613 seeds. And they believe that, that really attributes to the 613 laws that are in the Torah. And it's just so much symbolism. But the whole purpose, this, this actually... Uh, in Israel, this represents fruitfulness, it represents life and fertility. You can take the picture down. The whole purpose of those seeds is to plant more seeds. The whole purpose of fruit is to have more fruit. And what is the fruit? The fruit in Galatians says, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, we talked about peace. Patience, who needs some patience? All the parents said amen. amen. Kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. There is no law against such things. My grandfather, um, I used to love going to my, my grandmother's house. And my, my, during the summer times, my dad would drop us off at our grandmother, my grandmother's and he'd go to work at, during the day. My grandmother had an amazing garden. Anybody have a grandmother like mine? Like she just had an amazing garden. And, and so I just get, got this, um, I just, we would go out to the, the garden. I, I grew this love for homegrown tomatoes. Can I get an amen on homegrown tomatoes? Listen, store-bought tomatoes, uh-uh. They don't have any taste. They're white inside. A good homegrown tomato, it's got some flavor. You know what I'm saying? Like the angels love the tomatoes people i'm talking it's a it's a it's a food of heaven and what we would do is we'd go out and we pick the, the tomatoes and we'd come back in and we'd cut them up and i'd cut them into really small pieces because i just thought that made it last longer i wasn't smart enough to figure it was the same size and i'd get some salt come on people get some salt on my homegrown tomato to this day if someone brings me a homegrown tomato that's i'm kind of asking If you, have a, if you have plenty of homegrown tomatoes, I will not turn you down. 
but I'd love it. My grandmother had a blackberry vine. Any blackberry lovers? Ooh, buddy. We'd go, she had a blackberry vine and along her fence, and we'd just go out. We'd just, uh, we were little kids, and we'd just pick them and eat them. We wouldn't even wash them. You don't need to wash your food. That's, that's called immunity right there. That's like when my, my youngest son drank out of the dog balls. Like, well, it's just, he's just going to have a strong immune system. And I'd pick the blackberry vine. I'd pick the blackberries off the vine. Oh, so good. And we'd come in with, you know, blackberry faces. It was awesome. And she had a peach tree. Any peach tree lovers? She had so many peach trees, they were falling off the tree. And we would just go out there and we'd eat our peaches. And sometimes we'd get half a worm. When I was a kid, I thought half a worm's better than a whole worm. I didn't realize I'd eaten the other half of that worm. My grandfather had a great idea, and, and my grandmother told me this story because I, I wasn't around for it. My grandfather, had the, he loved watermelons. Anybody like watermelons? I'm just telling you, they had the best garden. You're like getting hungry, I know. I'm going to keep you for another hour so you have to wait to eat. My grandfather loved watermelons, so one day, instead of just getting a few watermelon seeds, my grandfather buried an entire watermelon. And got, my family had the same response as some of these. They're like, oh my goodness. And uh, my, grandfather, my grandmother was laughing at him, and all, all the kids, they were laughing at him. They couldn't, you know, couldn't believe you, you just wasted an entire watermelon. They forgot about it, except my grandfather. My grandfather knew what he planted. My grandfather knew that something was growing. Because in season, in the process, something's happening. Fruit's taking place. And so when the season came for watermelon season, my grandfather, was go, he'd go out to his area, and he'd check it, he'd walk away. And then one day, all of a sudden, the watermelons came. There were so many watermelons. They had to give water. My grandma said they were the best watermelons. They had to give watermelon. They were just giving watermelons away. They were throwing watermelons at people. This is the way the word, when the word takes root in your heart, when you plant the word, you meditate on the word, you plant the word in your heart, when season, when the time comes, you'll have what you need. Listen, you should have so much joy that you have to give joy away. You should be throwing joy at people. Oh, you look angry? Here, take some of this. In the name of Jesus. You might just hit them while you do it. You should be carrying so much peace. The Bible calls it the boots of peace. You should be walking in so much peace that as people, as you're walking by people, oh, they get peaceful, they get peaceful. Oh, your boss is anxious, he gets peaceful. Your kids are anxious, they get peaceful. You're walking in peace. You're carrying peace. Your, your fruit spreads. How many need some faithful kids? How many need your, your kids to be a little bit more faithful at times? Come on, you can be honest. People are like, I don't know if I should raise my hand. I love my kids. You can be honest. I want my kids to have more faithfulness. It starts with me. And if, if my kids will see me walking in faithfulness, guess what? They'll begin to walk in faithfulness. Patience. Who needs some patience? I'm not patient. But by the fruit of the Holy Spirit, even though I'm not a patient person, I can walk in patience. I can carry patience. 
I can be patient with coworkers. I can be patient with people. I can be patient with my neighbors that have terrible lawns. I can be patient with my children. It's funny because my wife says that, that I'm the patient one with our kids. I, I'm not a patient person, but when it comes to our children, I'm very patient. That's the fruit of the Holy Spirit. You can have patience. You should have so much running over. So the question is, what are you spreading? Remember, what you plant, you will yield. Are you spreading fear? Are you spreading anxiety and worry? Are you spreading doubt? Or are you spreading the fruits of the Holy Spirit? Because the truth is this, people can argue the Word of God. This next generation, is there, there, there's a generation rising up that's arguing the Word of God more than anything. You know what they need? They need people walking in the fruits of the Holy Spirit. They need to see it. Stop arguing with them. Stop trying to tell them what it is. They may actually have some wisdom that you don't have. You may actually be able to learn something from the next generation. Stop trying to argue everything and just allow your fruit to be the proof. Because the proof is in the produce. Thought four is this. So we have in the seed there is possibility, in the soil there is a process, in the produce there is a purpose, and through the seed there is a promise. Through the seed, I want you to see this. This was so cool for me as I was studying because when I originally was studying I had three points, the first three points. And then I came across this verse in Galatians. It was like God was saying, I, I've got more I want to say. Galatians 3.16 says this, says the promises were spoken to Abraham. Remember Abraham? Remember God coming to Abraham and, and Sarah and saying, listen, you're going to have a, a child. And they're kind of laughing at it. Remember that? Pastor John preached about the laughable. They're laughing because they're old in age. How could they have a child? And there was going to be a, a child. And, and from that, from, through the seed of Abraham, there was going to be the, the people of God. The nation of Israel would be established through Abraham. And here's what's really cool. This is Galatians 3.16, looking back at that story and giving more insight. Check it out. Here's what it says. It says, the promises were spoken to Abraham and to his seed. Seed. Singular. Scripture does not say into seeds, meaning many people, but into your Seed, meaning one person who is Christ. So we learned a couple weeks ago from Pastor John that the, the seed is the Word of God. So I'm like, is the seed of the Word of God? And the answer to that is yes. And I started to meditate on this and, and ask God some questions. I said, so is the seed Jesus? And he says yes, because he pointed me back to John 1.14, which says this, the Word became the Word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. The God through Abraham planted a seed that would be Jesus that would come to this earth and would yield its fruit in the form of a sacrifice on a cross. 
so that you can be restored to the Father because sin has entered this world and it separates you from a holy God. In fact, it says this. It says God's so holy that he can't even look upon sin. But aren't you thankful? Can we just honor Jesus and thank him for going to a cross and becoming the bridge for you and I to have relationship to God the way it was supposed to be from the, from the very beginning? So I showed you a picture of an olive tree. If you can go to Israel, please do. Make it a point to go to Israel because I'm just telling you there are the entire time I was like a sponge. I knew it was going to be a good trip. I had no idea the way that God would begin to speak to me. I had no idea the way that the scripture would, would open up and we'd go to a site and there was, there'd be times that God would speak. In fact, I'll, I want to show you a picture. This is a different olive tree. It's in the garden. This is the same location where Jesus would go. Before he went to the cross, and you remember he said, if there's any, any other way, you remember this story? Jesus like, is there any other way? There, let this cup pass from me. But then he says, not my will, but your will be done. He committed himself to the process. And I'm standing here at this tree, and see the rest of the group over there to the side? There's moments where God would begin to speak, and like all of us would have these different moments where we would just stay in the presence of the Holy Spirit because God would be speaking. And I got a picture of this tree, and I thought to myself, wow, what a picture of Jesus. It's beaten. It's not a pretty tree, is it? I expected like these beautiful trees. It's, it's this holy tree. And God spoke to me that Jesus having the holes in his wrists, his hands, and his feet that would take for him to stay on a cross so you could have a relationship with God. And then the lady, before they walked over, she, this is what sparked this moment between me and God because she said, here's what would happen. They didn't pick the olives. You don't pick olives from the tree. They wouldn't pick the olives. Here's what they would do. They would grab a stick, a staff. And what they would do is they'd walk over to the tree and they would begin to beat the tree. The olives would fall. See, the olive oil was something that is talked about in Scripture over and over again. It it was the, what the the anointed priests would they would they would anoint themselves. They would be anointed with this, and here's what it symbolized: it would give them authority, glory, and responsibility. That's what it meant. Authority. Jesus had the authority to beat, to beat sin and death. The glory, glory of God was all over Jesus as he, as, he, as he walked this earth and as he went to a cross and responsibility to go to a cross and, and die so you could have forgiveness. And I sat there and I, I thought to myself, I identify with this tree. Because there's times that I feel be beaten. There's times I feel 
not holy in a good way. There's times I feel like I can't make it. But thanks be to God who sent a promise through the seed of Abraham that would meet my needs when I can't meet my needs. That would provide my peace when I can't, have, when I can't provide my own peace. That would restore my relationship to him when I feel like I'm empty and I'm broken The amazing thing is the, the product, the produce that would come from an olive tree that looks so battered, that looks so broken, would have properties of healing in it. That Jesus came to heal you. It says in Scripture that by the stripes that Jesus took, the beating that Jesus took, that you can have forgiveness, but you can have healing. Thank you for joining us here today for this week's message. And here at Victory Church, we are called to equip people to live in His presence, move beyond ourselves, and be transformed. And this can only happen through your radical generosity, your serving, and your prayers. If this message or any of our messages have impacted your life and you would like to partner with us by giving into this ministry, you can do so by visiting our website at victory.church give. Thank you again for joining us and have a great day.